First of all, thank you very much for listening. Ruth and I spent a lot of time talking about the Croatia and Hungary games uh, and additionally went on to talk about the Wales women's game against New Zealand and the Women's World Cup in general. As a consequence of that, we've decided to split this pod into two parts. This is the first part where we talk about the Hungary and Croatia games themselves in detail before we go on to talk about the wider points uh, and the Wales women game, which is in pod two. Um, I hope you enjoy this and thank you very much for listening. Hi, I'm Bjorn Roberts. I'm Jess Fishlock. This is Owen Sinner Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Holland Three Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the latest Coleman Howard Dream Podcast. I'm here as ever with Ruth. Hello. Um, we are back to recording in the pub today, which is why you can hear all sorts of weird noises in the background. I think they are, for some reason, watching a film. There's some Tom Hanks film on, as best as I can make out. And even though there's uh, the Women's World Cup is on, the US Open Golf is on, uh, all you can hear in the background is ad breaks and weird sounds. We had a didgeridoo a minute ago, which was <laughs> nice, a nice addition to the pod. Anyway... Um, we are going to talk about the Wales-Croatia game and the Wales-Hungary game, as well as the Wales women play in New Zealand, which will be a nice positive end to what I fear may not be the most positive of pods. Um, if we just go through things a little bit at a time, then we're going to talk about the game kind of in general. First of all, were you kind of happy with how we lined up initially against, against the Croats? Overall, probably yes. Um, you... We'll come back perhaps to the impact that Brooks and Ampadu had when they came on. But the starting 11 I was comfortable yeah. enough with. Um, I'm not sure we necessarily utilised that 11 the way I would like to see them. I totally agree. Uh, the front three, you know, we're one moment you thought Bale was on the right and then you'd be criticising him because there wasn't the communication with Roberts. That seemed a bit odd. Then he'd pull into the centre. Um you mentioned, you know, James seemed to have had that wandering role. Yeah, he looked to be up front at the start. Yeah, and then um, I like. I'm going to give you a nod. You called the idea of having the three of them in I the centre. Got a prediction right. Um, the only prediction I got right all week. And I, I actually do think that's a, a good arrangement. But we seem to be sitting so deep relative to the press from the Croatians that, and even with that manpower, we then seemed a bit overrun in the middle. So there's, there's just something got wrong yeah, with how we're utilising the players, I think. As a, so my concerns about that game were more about what we did with the ball and without the ball, rather than who was on the field. No, I agree. I think in terms of how we lined up, it was pretty much as expected. Like you say, I, I called it, I, and, and the shape especially, just a little reference to myself there. Um, but it, it was kind of how it I was utilised uh, uh, to kind of defend Giggs a little bit and again Giggs is someone we will obviously talk about as we go further through this I, I'm not entirely sure how much of it is his fault I think he did the right thing I just felt like uh, there were points of the game where Volks and Smith just couldn't keep up with the movement and the way that the Croats kind of used the ball I agree with you I think we kind of pressed in a weird way um, and equally when we had the ball at the back and kind of were moving it around a little bit there wasn't enough options from the midfield, I didn't think, to kind of utilise the, the ball effectively. Um, so that when, like you mentioned there, you know, when the changes were made, when Brooks and Ampadu came on, it kind of added an extra bit of verve, probably because they'd been sat on the bench, with, you know, not running around for 70 minutes. 
Yeah, um, I so it did I think, make an impact. Yeah, obviously the two of them had an impact, but equally I think anybody who came on at that point, given the heat and how hard everybody else had running, would probably have looked fresh and interesting. I think fresher is right, but I don't think... I, I still think they had more of a positive impact that we're kind of giving them credit for just because the system didn't change. Yes, they had more energy, but I think it was more the way they passed the ball and more the, the, the approach that they gave to the game. Ampadu, for example, was much more physical um, than, the, than, the other, than the others around him when he came on. And equally, I thought Brooks was more direct um, than, than, than those around him as well. Tr- wasn't afraid to kind of try something or... You know, rather than just play a lot of sideways passes, which is what we did, or a kind of a bit of a burst, stop, turn back inside, give it to the fullback, or give it uh, give it inside. So, I, I did think their approach to the game was just as relevant as the kind of freshness. Yeah, maybe. I think the the word you used with direct. I think we completely lacked that. Yeah. Until the two of them were on. I, I wouldn't disagree there. There was points where there was as you say so much sideways passing without really getting anywhere and we've got speed that's supposed to be one of our assets that's what we talked about in fact before the game wasn't it yeah and could you see it maybe a couple of runs from James and that was literally about it I think I, I do think if we just look through the game a little bit um a lot of their attacking threat came down uh, their left through Perisic and, and our right. I thought that um, Connor Roberts didn't really have a good game, and I think I, I, I could be wrong, but it looked to me very much like they targeted him. Everything was a quick switch to Perisic where he'd run at him, and so often he was kind of caught out of position. Um, but again, if you consider the opposition, I think we need to kind of offer a bit of balance in in the sense that we were playing Modric and Perisic. So, you know. That was definitely our weaker side. You could see that yeah. they targeted him rather than Davies. And why wouldn't you, frankly, given their respective experience, even with Davies carrying his injury? And it's obviously it suited Perisic to be pushing forward on that side too. There, there was a class difference there. And, and frankly, there should be a class difference yeah. between those two players, but it was very evident. I think and I don't think, handle that well. Yeah, and equally, I, but I don't think he was given outlook you know, outlet ball opportunities much when he did have ball. There wasn't a great deal that he could contribute no, going forward. So perhaps he was then pushing up a little bit, trying to contribute, and then was even more out of position yeah. once we gave the ball away. I think it was more his pushing up. I, I agree with you. And I, I just think it was the way, more the way he pushed up as well. It seemed kind of sporadic. And he didn't seem confident in when he should go and when he should stay. Uh, and, you know, before we get to their first goal... In detail, that was kind of one of the reasons for the first goal that he had pushed up and then was caught way out of position for the counter attack, which is not his fault because we were attacking. So, you know, that's par for the course. But he never recovered and he never looked like recovering, and that kind of was a worry to me. Um, before that happened, um, we had probably the best chance of the match. Um, Perisic had a couple of shots from the left hand side after cutting in, but. We had the best chance of the match. That throw from Bale to Wilson was absolutely... I couldn't do that if there was no one else there with my feet. <laughs> uh, just put it in the position he did. And just on the pick, like, licked it up, picked up a bouncing ball and just yeah. launched yeah. it. it was, and it was perfect. It was Even perfect. curled. It was perfect. It was a brilliant, brilliant throw. Yeah. And he should have done... Wilson should have done better yeah, with I it. I think to hit it straight at the keeper there is... Uh, not good enough is a bit harsh because it is a difficult chance with a but you know you've, you can only hit that first time 
Um, you've got two people closing in on you, but he should do. A, he should definitely do better. He should, you know, work the keeper rather mm-hmm. than kind of scuff it a bit straight at him. Um, wasn't wasn't really what we needed, given given the opposition. Um, and then soon after that, they got the goal. They went one 0 up. Um, sort of on the counter attack, we'd had a good half chance not long before that. Um, but again, like we just talked about, it was Roberts who was who was out of position. For me, though, the most frustrating thing was that we seemed to have kind of recovered positionally a little bit. In that, after the initial ball and the initial break, I think there were three people back there mm-hmm. and two Croatian players. So in the first instance, it actually looked like we'd recovered. And that's what, when you look at the replay again, when you look at it in real speed again, that's what is the frustrating thing for me there. Um, and there's something else I noticed watching the highlights again was I don't know what James Lawrence is trying to do. But if you watch it, he's actually not looking at the ball right. when he goes to do something. I'm not sure if he's trying to trick whoever's behind him and he's trying to like step over it and dummy it and he just miss. Like kind of mistimes it and messes up because he looks away. Right. Equally, I'm not sure if he's trying to do something with his right foot and then at the last second kind of panics with his left. Because if you watch it again, kind of waves his left foot at it, doesn't touch the ball whatsoever, hits his standing leg and goes in. So I'm not sure if he's trying to do something clever or flick it away or... I don't know, but it it hits his standing leg. The the, The leg he moves toward the ball doesn't touch the ball. And then... At the time he at the ball actually strikes him, he's not looking. He's actually looking to his right. Mm-hmm. So that was what I was frustrated me really. Again, looking back on it, is that we'd sort of recovered, and then balls it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult as a defender when the ball is coming across you like that. I mean, yeah. we've been we've been on the good receiving end of similar situations, haven't we? And I think maybe you're you're left with. Too many options as a defender. And then by the time you decide which one you're going for, you, as you say, your, your, feet, your head's doing one thing and your feet are doing yeah. something else. I don't blame him for that. But I think if we'd gone into that game with an intention of trying to sit tight until the last 20 minutes, then we were very out of position at that moment. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, for, for that stage of the game. And I think that if, if that was Giggs' rationale... As a coach, I would be really annoyed to give away that goal under those circumstances Absolutely. at that point in the game. Um, no, I totally agree. And I, I, Roberts was—we're kind of picking on him a bit here—but he was very inconsistent. He seemed like he didn't know when he should have gone forward, didn't know when he should have sat. There were times when he probably should have been supporting the person in front of him, but didn't. And then the one time he's gone forward, probably unnecessary. And then you look what happens on the other side because just after the goal, he is. There's two or three moments where Perisic stops, stops him dead, dummies one way. He completely sells himself, cuts inside, and tries to have a shot. And I think it happened twice in quick succession where he just was. He looked like he did not know which way was up. Um, and again, like you say, there's, there's a golfing class there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think Roberts dealt with that golfing class particularly well at all. But having said that, moments after they score, we could, maybe even should score through Volks. Yeah. You know, a good little run down the right-hand side, good pull back. It's a difficult chance because the ball kind of skips up just before he hits it. 
um, and he kind of tries to get over the ball to strike it cleanly and instead kind of like hits it more into the ground than anything else. And I, the keeper almost kind of fumbles it into Ben Davis, who tries to do something with it and can't quite kind of bundle it across the line. But, I mean, if you look at the game at that point, the score's 1-0. Mm-hmm. There's two very good chances, actually, for us to be 2-1 up. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I know that they've also wasted a couple of good chances as well, so it's not kind of as black and white as mm-hmm. that. But realistically, I don't think it's too much to expect to say that we should have scored one of those two. Oh, I agree. We had we had chances, and the whole the whole game was weird in that sense, wasn't it? I remember we were messaging at the weekend that you, you could have had anything from a, a kind of 4-2, to Croatia win through a draw through to us nicking it 2-1 or 3-2 or something and, if someone and, had told and me it was 5-4 I could have believed them there as well everything in between and, and it was and yeah I don't think the as if you were trying to be neutral about it I don't think the result was the wrong result no. either it's it, you know, it, it was a strange game in terms of the chances that were on the table and the, the timing of the chances, as much as anything, there would have been a lot of um, a lot of change in the energy of the game, I think, if we'd have taken one of those relatively early chances. Because um, once they were 1-0 up and they could see that we were not uncomfortable with that, yeah. then then they they tucked in a little bit at that point, didn't they? And, and it was only when we then added Ampadu and Brooks and brought Later a little bit game, of yeah. more dynamic energy that things changed again. Um, it's interesting you say that because soon after we scored, uh, they scored, sorry, they turned into bullies, basically. Yeah. And Bale got a load of kicks and Joe Allen got a load of kicks and they were breaking up the play, they were completely slowing it down. I think they recognised that we were starting to build something because just before the Volks chance... Um, Ironically, I think it was Roberts, after we've just said he didn't get forward enough, did get forward a great little ball through, and he, his cross wasn't very good. But I think they sensed that something was coming. So I think there was a thing where they were just like, right. And they just kicked us yeah. for a bit. Bale, in particular, got within five minutes or so, got four or five kind of stamps and knees and you know all sorts of different stuff, which broke up the game, but obviously annoyed him as well. Um, after half-time, 1-0 going in at half-time... As you say, kind of from the neutrals' perspective, the right team were probably winning in terms of chances created mm-hmm. and what they did on the ball. But we had a massive let-off just before they scored the second goal. Um, and we were very lucky there, I thought. Yeah, there's. it goes back to what we were saying a minute ago about either team, if they'd have actually put away their chances, could have had that game sorted out by half-time, yeah. really, if, if one or other had really taken the opportunities um, I think the difference the basic difference in class between the two teams started to show at that point I felt the biggest division in what either side could put on the table was probably in that 10 minutes yeah I agree and I felt like they turned it on a bit it's just like right let's kill this yeah. and we're done and they should you know they should have scored just before they did the refs done us a huge favour by disallowing that goal for what I think is offside for the guy who's just in front of Hennessy but it wasn't abundantly clear to me what that was actually for no it wasn't because there's also that sort of interpretive nature of whether someone's involved in the play or not as well isn't there it was yeah so we were lucky there but of course then a couple of minutes later the worst did happen 
um, and they scored the second goal. Lawrence kind of, bit of a scramble before anyway, Lawrence kind of tries to turn to clear it, turns the wrong way in my opinion, clears it straight into the advancing midfielder. Um, Roberts then sort of tries to win a foul in the whole act of, of clearing up. And to be fair, first view, and I thought he had been pushed, mm-hmm. but looking at it again, he was nowhere near being pushed. Um, kind of got a bit scruffy after that, and then whilst he's Perisic has taken a good touch and has struck it well, a few little nicks and deflections, goes through legs, and obviously ends up going going through Hennessy and into the back of the net. So it was sort of a bit unfortunate, but the build-up to it was such poor defending. I do not know what James Lawrence is trying to do there, and the way he's kind of turned in. He's not trying to deal with the ball, I don't think. I think he's, I think he's trying to be kind of a bit too cute. Uh, gets caught up. Roberts is out of position. Should do a bit better. Just kind of is just in recovery mode rather than trying to be in the same place, in the right place. Sorry. I think that's kind of indicative of where we, where the back four were. Were they? It was kind of functional without actually addressing the issues that Croatia were putting on the table. It was it was though they had a a plan, but there was no addressing of. For example, we can okay. Perisic can is pushing down the their left wing, threatening our right. What are we going to do to support on that side? And there didn't seem to be that kind of um, active analysis of what was going on from one five minutes to the next. I couldn't agree and more. And addressing, addressing that and trying to react, fill the gaps. I mean, I can't think, for example, I'm sure there is somewhere in the game, but I can't think where we particularly bullied Perisic off the ball, for example. I think um, a lot of that comes from, and this is something I want to bring up later, mm-hmm. a lot of that comes from the fact that the back four were sort of left to deal with it. And we said this when we watched the game on Tuesday, almost mob-handedly at times. It doesn't matter how you get away, just get it away. Because having this kind of fluid rotating front three, when we have got the ball, is great. But if you've just lost the ball on the left and you're supposed to be helping Roberts out on the right, you've got a huge amount of ground to cover. And it just often felt to me a bit confused so that's I'm digging up Roberts a bit here but I also he had no support in, or help really in front of him through, for, for a lot of the game to deal with arguably, arguably their biggest attacking threat so I thought that was a huge flaw in this kind of fluid attack plan that Gig seems to favour because when you haven't got the ball and your two wide players who can support your fullbacks are so far up the pitch that's a gaping chasm to deal with and then you're asking your three holding midfielders to deal with what's going on in the middle and get out wide and help as well and we were just kind of very exposed and again that's where that goal came from in, in its essence I think. Yeah and two of those three, I mean, you could argue Vokes is a relatively physical midfielder but you wouldn't, you wouldn't put that moniker on Smith or Allen so you're asking them to deal with a very, a very robust physical dynamic team yeah. when that's not their play Yeah I agree and the lack of physic- physicality wasn't exposed too much I didn't think in this game, but it certainly was. And again, we'll get on to it in the Hungary game. Um, Brooks and Ampadu then came on and for me kind of changed the game um, as a combination of kind of the freshness. But also, he, Ampadu did add physicality. Brooks did add kind of directness, which other people weren't bringing to the table. Um, and as a consequence, the game seemed to change in a positive way, it, more than just through them kind of having fresh legs. Yeah, I think he sort of filled the gap didn't he but previously we were talking about how Roberts was suffering because 
there wasn't there wasn't really anyone filling that space between Roberts and Bale. And as soon as Brooks was on, there was a a connection, more obvious connection to the front three. Totally agree. And we keep coming to that back your use of the word direct. I think that, I think that's really important. I don't I don't understand how we are such we're blessed with such riches up front, such speed up front. Yet we're so generally speaking so slow at delivering the ball yeah. up front. I mean, you made a great point about the way Ampadu passes the ball uh, when we were talking before, and I think that is a that is a perfect example. I thought that when Brooks came on, he was direct, ran at people, took shots on goal, um, and that made a difference. So, like you were making the point about how Ampadu passes the ball as well. Yeah, I mean his crossfield passes in terms of pulling the the opposition out of alignment making them actually address space on the on the wings uh, I would in my notes I was trying to de- trying to describe what I meant and all I put was your two googly eyes yeah. <laughs> that his crossfield passes his <laughs> two googly eyes because that's all I could come yeah. up with um, and I think between that and Brooks actually as you say being prepared to run at people and and utilize some of his speed then we suddenly look better for the last 20 minutes and I don't think that in and of itself was a bad plan. You're, you're playing the World Cup finalists. Yeah. You go into the last 20 minutes, you've only out by a goal. Well, ultimately, you're only out yeah. by a goal. And you put them under pressure. You could have had an equaliser. If we'd have come away from that game with a draw, we'd have been ecstatic. Absolutely. Um, so I don't, th- I don't feel where we ended up, ironically, was such a bad place. What what I've got concerns about is the how we got there yeah I mean I totally agree I mean when Brooks came on like I said he was direct and that's where his goal came from he kind of took someone on pulled the ball back and just had a shot I think it was the first shot from outside the box we had that was on target in the whole game I think Bale had had one a bit earlier but I think was going wide Um, but you know he took a chance got a lucky deflection sure but it was the first time someone had done that and all of a sudden I felt anyway Croatia kind of looked at the situation for the first time in the game I'm like shit Mm -hmm. Um, and you know after change after that Matondo came on I personally didn't really think he did much and I thought he looked out of his depth uh, other people on, on Twitter etc have said that he thought that he liked the way they ran at people but I didn't really see see much in that myself um, but like I say all of a sudden we looked to threat and they looked scared and it reminded me I always bring this back to Newcastle but of the way Rafa sets up a team whenever Newcastle play a Man City or a Liverpool or whatever and it doesn't always work mm-hmm. but it, it has got us points before is he goes into the last 15 minutes or 10 minutes of a game if we're one goal behind we're in the game so the game plan's worked and you made the point when we were messaging that you wanted to be in the game with 20 minutes to go and not far off we were so you can almost take the other parts of the game away I know it's not as simple as that but in terms of what he probably wanted from the game are we in it yeah so from that perspective uh, it was great we did kind of push open push on a bit more then look a lot more open um, on the counter attack but you'd kind of expect that and the chances sort of did come kind of Wilson's had one someone's whipped the ball across and he's he's kind of tried to head it really tough chance um, but then the Brooks one at the end. Oh, he's got to score. He's got to score. He's just tickled it. 
and he has got to score, or at least not at least do better. Yeah, I mean you've got to make the the goalkeeper work. Yeah, it's one thing if the goalkeeper pulls something out of the bag. Yeah, but you've got to make the goalkeeper work, and I think that's the. We'll we'll have a wider discussion about how we're doing with the our attacking lack of attacking flair yeah. when supposedly we're a, a speedy team blessed with much up front but it's I think you can walk away from a game where yes you've missed your chances but it's not that you've missed them they've prevented you yeah when it's when you've I don't like the word blown that's too dramatic because it makes it sound like we we scuffed every single option but where you haven't capitalised in the way that you could have on at least a decent percentage of your chances, yeah. that's really frustrating. No, I, I agree. Um, if we if we just take take stock of the game as a whole for a second, mm-hmm. we talked there about, you know, the being in the game and we were, Giggs' changes kind of were effective within the game as well. Um, a lot of people are kind of being critical uh, a bit critical of, maybe not a lot, but some people are being critical of gigs there. His plan definitely didn't work, but also sort of did, because we were in the game with 15 minutes to go. And you'd also say the two goals we conceded, two very, very poor pieces of defending, but also kind of sort of individual errors in a way, um, with the kind of the, the own goal and then obviously Mep, um, Lawrence turning into the guy when he was trying to clear it. But that's not Giggs' fault. There's nothing, not a lot Giggs can do about that, you know, in isolation. And we've gone to the World Cup finalists who haven't lost a European qualifier, oh, sorry, a qualifier at home since 1994 and created enough chances to legitimately say we could have scored four goals in that game through Volks, uh, Wilson. Oh, we didn't even talk about the bail chance, the yeah. biggest one, where he... <laughs> his first touch for that, by the way, that ball over the top was absolutely... I watched it today. I, th- I had to rewind it, watch it again. It was delicious. It was sexual. Like, the, it <laughs> one touch, like, you killed it dead. Turns the defender, and you're screaming, just roll it into Dan James. He's in. He's got to yeah. tap in. And he's just so... I don't know whether it's confidence or what. He tried to whip it, and, oh, straight to the keeper, scuffed mm-hmm. it. If he passes that to Dan James, that's a goal all day long. Um, and that's what I was saying. Though I think the frustration is that they are—they're our misses. They're not defensive recoveries. Yeah, we made it easy for them. So yeah. I think when you look at it in that sense, whilst it hasn't come the way we perhaps would have wanted it to, I don't think you can kind of point the finger at Giggs at the end of that game. I think if you want to, you know, yes, he's not particularly helped, but we had four great chances to score, maybe even five, mm-hmm. and. And that's not his fault. The players have to take responsibility for that, both the individual errors, but also the the very good chances missed at the other end as well. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. We were we were messaging Saturday and Sunday, and my and ironically, I came out of that game relatively positively because I thought, okay, there's some players here that he's saving for Tuesday. He's prioritising Tuesday's game to an extent. We've gone, as you say, we've gone away to the World Cup finalists in a stadium they favour in weather conditions that must have been hellish for us. Um, The sort of record they've got at home. 
And it wouldn't have been unreasonable for us to have come away with something in that game. Yeah. And we were certainly in it in the last 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, absolutely. And so you're looking at that in and of itself doesn't seem a bad outcome. It's what happened next that really bothers me. <laughs> Which we will now move on to, the Hungary game. Um, what did you think of the, of the lineup of that game? Because, well, you go first. Five changes. Uh, I, in, in, in principle, was, all, I was sort of happy with the lineup in a way. There were things I wasn't a bit confused about, but principally I was happy with the shape and the way we seemed to be going for it. Um, with a few exceptions. Yeah, I agree. I think bringing bringing in Brooks and Ampadu after how they performed in the latter part of Saturday's game, you have to be comfortable with that. Gunter on the right. We've been a bit critical of how Roberts played. I can understand yeah. that decision. Not sure about playing Ashley. And particularly when I think, ironically, Mepham despite what we've been saying, probably had a pretty good game on the Saturday. Of the two centre-halves, he was, was definitely the better one by a maybe while. He, maybe he was carrying something that we're, we're unaware of, but that just seems... From what I've seen, he, from what I've read, sorry, from people in the know, no. he wasn't, he was picked. And that was a purely a, a tactical slash personnel decision. Yeah, see, that seems really strange to me. Our person that's probably been our most successful centre-back over the last six months certainly got the most consistent play for us at the minute. It just seems a very odd decision. Was Lawrence, uh, Lawrence up front, Tom, again, not too convinced by that, but I think along with Brooks and um, Bale, I can, I can see the, the slightly more sort of terrier approach that he has in this game that isn't really there with the others. So again, I wasn't hugely alarmed at the, the the choice of the lineup, but within two minutes of the game starting, there were problems. Oh God. <laughs> and I'm the same as you. As, as, when it came out, I was like, I'm happy with that. I wouldn't have played Lawrence over Wilson. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Tom Lawrence over Wilson, and I wouldn't have played James Lawrence over Mepham. Um, generally speaking, though, I would have mean I was happy. But within five minutes of the game kicking off, it became so apparent what was wrong. I also wouldn't have started Ash, and I've been, you know chatting with people on Twitter over the last couple of days about this. I'm not being critical of his performance particularly. I don't think he had a great game. I don't think he had a bad game. He had some positive moments. But I don't think that he kind of... I, I felt he was picked. And this is my problem with the lineup: is that I felt he was picked because of a preordained plan rather than what was possibly the most sensible thing for the circumstance. Equally, same with Gunter. I don't think he had a bad game in the end, but I think he was picked in the end because Giggs had decided, right, the young lads are going to be tired from the big workout. This is what I'm going to do. Which, again, I didn't have a problem with, and I felt like he'd pre-decided, I want Lawrence to be the only defender that starts both games. Which is fine, if that was your plan. But the first game happens, and you th you think, well, actually, Mepham was the better of the two there. Um... I have to change my plan. And I think that that should have happened and didn't. And again, with the benefit of hindsight, if he was going to have a two-game plan, I think making five changes before an international game, I think is too many myself. 
but again, I'm saying this sort of with the benefit of hindsight, but still, I would argue that if you're going to have a two-game plan, you'd want the more experienced players to come and deal with the Croatians and the Perisic's and the Modric's and whoever. Um, and then, if you're resting people, then they play in the game which you think we can go and attack. So... Ampadu and Brooks start in the second game and not the first one I stand by I think was the correct decision the correct way to handle it I would have started if that's he if that was his plan I would have started Ash and Gunter in the first game and let Mepham in this instance and Roberts come into the second game where we were going to go at them a bit more because and I found that that kind of decision a little bit odd in the same way I thought would have thought the terrier like use of Tom Lawrence would have been better in the first game where he presses a bit more and Wilson kind of the door unlocker in a sense would have been better off starting the second game so I appreciate I'm saying that with a little bit with the benefit of hindsight but I think the second the game started you could see that it had made a bad decision um, and as the game wore on the real frustration to me this is beautiful music in the background <laughs> isn't it can this follow me around um as the game wore on it became evident that he didn't want to change the system and that really pissed me off and I'm not sure whether that was because he didn't know what his plan B was going to be he didn't know how to change plan A so it would work he just brought different players on and hoped that it would work and that really really frustrated me I think the, the strange thing I found about the the collective choice of those 11 players was up until now he's been very adamant and I think we've been quite supportive of it that a player has to be playing and yet five of those 11 uh. <laughs> five of those 11 are not getting regular play and then maybe you can get around with one or two p players within the 11 they're a little bit rusty in fact you can make you can argue that it's six depending quite how you count play um, no I think that's fair um, but you know Ampadu's barely playing Davies is barely playing Williams, Gunter, Hennessy, Bale. So I suppose it is six. In a game where if you were really going to go after Azerbaijan aside, if you were really going to go after one of our away games, this is the one you were going after. Yeah. To play with that much rust in the system seems a strange decision to me. I agree. And again, especially after the changes. Like you say, you've mentioned all those players that aren't playing there. Someone, uh, Caleb, was I was having a back and forth with on Twitter, uh, mentioned Ash has actually made in the league 34 appearances this season, uh, which when you look at that is actually not too bad. But he's only started something like 22 games. So that's about half of the games. And a lot of those came at the start of the season. And it was he was sparingly used at the end. So over the season, I suppose he's played a decent amount of football, but in terms of in, in his, uh, currently, he's not really played much. You, you talked about Gunter, obviously, Bale as well. Ampadu uh, is not... I, I don't think he's played any Premier League football this year. I could be wrong on that. Um, Hennessy's not playing, like you said. I mean, there's just a lot of rust to make five changes. But like I say, it, the second the game started, we were saying, some, this, is, this is not right here. And the big thing that we talked about was when Ampadu kind of was, seemed to be dropping into the into, to make it a back three when we had the ball, let the two wider players go forward, which again, why wasn't Roberts the one on the right there rather than Gunter? Because Ben Davis was actually doing all right getting forward. Gunter seemed look a, a bit lost. Um, but then as a consequence, 
he dro- he wasn't picking up the ball in front of the defence and doing something with it there, Ambadu. He was dropping into like and making a defensive three and doing something from it there. I mean, and Allen was the only midfield pass on. And he was often outnumbered. In fact, almost always. So we ended up being in this position where we would just play side to side, side to side, and go nowhere. We'd turn the ball over in midfield, and then we'd be on the back foot straight away. Now, we are no football experts, although we pretend. <laughs> you can pretend. <laughs> we, we are no football experts, but we called that within, I think we were talking about that 15 minutes in, weren't we? And we were, even we were talking about what could we do to change this, move this person in here, get Brooks to play a 10 and drop deep. We were coming up with solutions, but nothing the manager happened. wasn't. Nothing happened. And nothing changed. Yeah. And, and that really annoyed me, really kind of alarmed me, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. I think what alarmed me was I'd been re- I'd ended up relatively comfortable with what had happened on the Saturday because I felt that okay so there's a there's a priority here on Tuesday's game you try and stay in Saturday's game but you kind of accept it but you're going you're going into Tuesday's game with what you think is your best 11 playing what you feel is your best plan A I don't think we had a plan A, never mind a plan B. If that's the the plan A, we're buggered, aren't we? Let's be perfectly honest. Um, Before we get kind of bogged down in in everything else, let's kind of talk through the game a little bit. We talked kind of pre-game amongst ourselves about the the fact that Hungary are a threat from crosses and set-pieces and stuff. And they kind of threw a few uh, chances into the box early on from set pieces and stuff but their first kind of clear chance was that uh, the the moment when Ash kind of stepped up and tried to play someone offside and the big lad who looked like a quite a chubby man which I was a huge fan of as a chubby man myself uh, he tried to kind of play him offside Sirens, oh, sirens. <laughs> I hope you didn't miss that ladies and gents uh, he kind of played tried to play him offside didn't work they kind of tried to whip the ball across and the ball just missed their number 10 by inches, really. A huge let off there. Yeah, I think we were discussing before the game, weren't we? In fact, it might be in the last part, you were, you were talking about their threat um, in set pieces. That's how they scored their goals against Croatia, for example. I'd watched them play Azerbaijan from the weekend and there's something about them. And there was actually a, a guy that... Um, Played, made his debut against Azerbaijan, got one of their one of their goals, um, Holman, who didn't even play on on Tuesday. Yeah. So they'd made a very conscious decision to go for the kind of the muscle up front, as you say, as opposed to the flair up front. I think thinking that they were going up against a relatively physically weak midfield, and they weren't wrong in coming up yeah. with that conclusion. Um, Allen seemed to be everywhere, yet overrun at the same time. Allen was just like wonderful. when this, when was he not our best player? It must be That's two or three years point. ago since he wasn't the best player Why on is the he field. Not playing the Premier League, it's Rafa. We know you listen. Just crazy, buy him. absolutely crazy. Um, but I think I think they'd made a very deliberate decision that against Azerbaijan. They could run at them. They could they could play football, whereas against us they were going for a a, a kind of combative. beefy, combative approach, and it worked because yeah. that's what we lack. Um, 
even... Especially midfield. Especially midfield. Even the defensive centre isn't that strong physically. Yeah. Um, but particularly in midfield. I thought in those defensive battles, Ash did play well in the physical side. He held up the big guy well um, and was able to attack the ball, which is something I don't think happened particularly well in the previous game. And again, was kind of effective in that, but his reading of the game kind of seemed a bit seemed a bit off to me. Um, whatever we threat we had as the game wore on, always seemed to be the give it to Dan James and hope for the best approach. And his pace out wide on the left seemed to kind of cause them. His pace worries. is great. He's still got a lot to learn, decision making wise, about games, hasn't yeah. he? I know what you mean. And that's, that's fine. His, his age, his experience, I haven't got a problem with that. But that means in some respects that more senior players who he might be delivering to have got to understand that. You've got to use his pace in the context of he's going to make some wrong decisions when he's out there. How can we kind of play the odds here? No, I agree. And I think perfect example of that came from that Tom Lawrence chance where he did run down the right. And Lawrence was just kind of hanging around almost in the middle just like I don't know whether it's going to get crossed I don't know he's going to ping it I don't know what's going to happen and in the end because Dan James is a very good footballer he took one step back got himself into a tiny pocket of space I've just realized I'm actually doing the movements as if I'm playing here yeah I'm glad no there is nothing about you that says Dan James <laughs> but I mean well he's got curly hair actually um but no it, it, uh, Lawrence kind of took a step back just found a half a specs, half a yard of space for a second, and that's when James kind of pushed the ball to him. And again, we talk about missed chances. When you look at that again, he's t- first touch is brilliant. Takes it past the guy, comes inside, and he's what? No more than twelve yards out, maybe a little bit less. Again, straight at the keeper. The keeper is actually going down to one side. Mm-hmm. The second he's shaping to shoot. If that ball goes across the keeper, the keeper's already gone the wrong way. Literally just anything in the other direction, and that ball goes in. But again, he's panicked, snatched at it a bit, and straight at the keeper. And when you see that again, a ridiculously good chance. Ridiculously good chance. And again, I I feel bad saying this all the time, but someone's got to. He probably should score. Mm -hmm. Again, at least work the keeper, not let the keeper fall over and catch it. Yeah, I think these chances... In and of themselves, each individual chance that we fluff, that's going to happen. It's the fact that each and every one of them we seem to fluff. I mean, if you look over, you know, I've I've looked through it today. I think we had eight really clear-cut chances over two games. And for the one goal we scored to be deflected off someone's back in the only chance that wasn't a Mm. clear-cut chance, I, I think... Again, I, we'll come on to the wider issues later, but that really concerned me. Um, Ampadu going off hurt, uh, clutching his back, which we knew was an issue anyway, that really, really bothered us. And it really halted our momentum. The plan of him sitting deep and spraying balls, that was absolutely gone. But again, did we change the plan? Nah, mate. Uh, and again, that really pissed me off. Yeah, I think... Perhaps Smith didn't do anything wrong, by the way. Perhaps we're getting into the wider issues. I, th- yeah. I think the... <sighs> fundamentally, for me, I think the problem I have over the two games is 
I don't know who we were. I don't know who we're trying to be. And there's nothing... There's no definitive plan, If it seems. And even if there was a definitive plan and then you stuck to it to the point where you're dogmatic, at least it would be a plan. I mean, ironically, I feel like we're being dogmatic about nothing at the moment, which is like really contradictory I feel to who we are I think we've been very good at having a plan using it but also not being absolutely wedded to it to the point where we can't be inventive and imaginative no again I've said this a lot I totally agree (laughs) Um, the big moments uh, the, the big moments as the game wore into the second half was Bale's miss the corner which Joe Allen has kind of scooped off the line. God love that man. And then obviously the goal. And then we, we will talk about the kind of the wider issues here. I have an ongoing conversation with my mates. I reckon if I played every game up front for a Premier League team that even if it went in off my ass, if I played up front every 90 minutes for Man City over the course of a Premier League season... I think I'd score a goal. A goal. A goal. And it's a million pound bet. If I score a goal, I get a million pounds. If I don't score a goal in 38 <laughs> games, uh, I... No, you would just because at some so point I, you I would be in the wrong pound. place and it and would it go would in off you. Yeah. So yeah. I reckon uh, that would work. <laughs> anyway, the reason I say this is because the person I've been having this ongoing argument with who thinks I'm stupid texts me when that happened saying you actually would have scored that one. <laughs> and I, none of you, not many of you would have seen me play football. I'm not very good at football. Um, uh, but I do think I would have scored that goal. Mm-hmm. And I am a 34-year-old 30, chubby man. Gareth Bale is neither of those things. I, again, we'll get into the wider issue of him. I thought he had a very poor game. Even if you've had a poor game, I'm sorry, that is just inexcusable. That is the best chance we've had in two yeah. games. You've got to score. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, I don't I don't understand why you took it on his right. Slide it in with your left. Just if, let it come across your body. Even... I turned to show you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah so the visuals are really important. <laughs> um, if, if he'd have taken it with his left and then made a mess of it, it would almost be easier to appreciate but the fact that he chose to take it with his right it, it feels like he's even his obviously there's a wider discussion about his play at the minute but it's even like the choice the choices in his head aren't working right now even never mind what he's able to deliver physically on the field there's a there's an awful lot I feel going on inside that needs oh, yeah, a he's, reboot. He's just got no confidence. He's just no. desperate. He's got, and that's why, look at the Croatia game. I think that's why he hasn't crossed the ball to James for that, again, sort of tapping, is because he's thinking, oh, I've got to score. Yeah. I've got to score. I'm the man here. And he's bolstered up. And again, I think he's done the exact same thing. The ball's come across. Can I just say, what a pass by Matty Smith it that was, was. It was great. What a run by Tom Lawrence. And then what a lovely first <laughs> time. I think he took one touch. Perfect, absolutely perfect weight on the pass. Everything was brilliant. Um, let it roll across you. And I think he's just thought to himself, I'm going to try and be clever. I'm mm. going to whip this with my right. I'll catch the keeper out, wallop. And he's just, mm. he's, he's chipped it up to him. 
I, I, couldn't, I think I'd struggle to do a better shot than that with my lob wedge. <laughs> He's just chipped it straight into his hands. Um, and with that, for me, in that moment, I think we probably even felt it watching it. The game's... Yeah, it's gone We're not going to score. Point. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. And I think even the players were like, well, if he's not scoring, the rest of us haven't got a bloody chance. Yeah. And then, of course, we had the mix-up between Bale and, and Hennessy uh, from that corner. I don't know if you can... If, whether you've erased it from your memory or not. I had a, ma- I had a proper prize-winning tantrum at that point. <laughs> you did, I think actually. I even punched the sofa <laughs> you cushion. Did, you did have a proper tantrum. <laughs> oh, so angry. I, so I, think I even said, if that happens Sunday league, I get murdered by my mates yep. for that. Yep. murdered ball comes across he's headed out of his hands uh, and again god bless Joe Allen scooping it off the line I watched the the, the the highlights again like I say today the thing that worries me most and gets me most about that incident is that when the ball comes across Bale flicks it up straight away Hennessy is looking around like right I'm out I'm dealing with this Two, three people drop back onto the line. And do you know what Gareth Bale does? Just stands there. Right. Stands perfectly still, just staring at the ball, just watches. And it was only when the header is won by them, he's all of a sudden just like, shit. But of course, he's on the wrong side of the goal. He's nothing he can do. He tries to run across. That kind of isn't Gareth Bale to me. And it kind of goes further to what you were saying. Just as a contrast, though, there was a couple of points very early in the game where he made some great defensive headers. There was no. a clear off the line, for Absolutely example. True. So it's it's perhaps not quite as clear cut as we're making it sound. In no, that. that's fair. And I think that might be part of the confusion as well. Um, but in in so many respects, he just doesn't look himself, does no. he? Part of it, I'm sure, is his confidence. But do you think it's, it becomes even more of an issue when Aaron Ramsey's not there, that he's even more conscious of trying to be, to the, be man. the man? No, I think that's a fair question. I think it's a fair point. And again, you know, in classic fashion, I said Mission Rambo is not that much of a thing anymore because we've got enough thing, uh, quality to deal with him. But it turns out, it's not even about the quality, in fact. You just know Ramsey's going to play and you know he's going to play that role. He's going to do it well. So it doesn't matter. Whereas other people are capable of doing that role, but they need to be told, they need to be coached, they need to be given direction. And yeah, there we go. It's not happening. Um, <laughs> someone, I was going to ask you this question at the end mm-hmm. before we get to their goal. Right. As we are talking about Gareth Bale, I asked for a few questions on Twitter today mm-hmm. as I try to pad and go through my notes. So this you don't is need to seamless. pad, you just need to find the right, I found the bit of paper. right bit of paper. Someone called Jones uh, asked the question if Bale's future is sitting on the bench at Real or in their reserves, does he still get in the Wales start in 11? Right at the minute, I think there are, there are questions about where he fits into that team. Because if he's, if he's sitting in that pseudo-striker role that we've been using him in, it's not working. If he sits slightly further back in a more sort of number 10 number eight-ish role. Ramsey's doing that better at the minute. Do you just push him out on the right? Um, You know, perhaps James on the left, him on the right. Is he reading the game a bit more maturely than James does? So, you know, you've got some sort of mirror image of each other there, maybe. Um, It kind of goes back to what I was saying before in terms of the players need to be playing 
and I think there is a definite um, there's a definite colliery for us with the players that are mixing it up every week versus those that aren't and he's increasingly falling into the aren't category Um, and I think I think it's uh, ironically beautiful as he is I think it's becoming a real question, a genuine question. I, I agree, and I I think today, if we play on Saturday, then yes, I would still start him. I think we get to, when next round of matches are in, obviously September, nothing changes, he probably still starts. We get to the final couple of rounds of matches, and I'm going to be hammered for this, mm-hmm. but no. We talked before the game, when was the last time you remember Gareth Bale having a really good game for Wales? And we laboured over that conversation and we got to China mm-hmm. where he scored the hat-trick. I think the last time he scored was that Nations League game against Denmark. And he didn't have a bad game there, uh, the one at the Cardiff City Stadium. Mm-hmm. Held, he, he had a very difficult job that night. Part of the problem is I don't think the manager is good enough to get the best out of him when he's not playing. So as a consequence... I agree with you. I don't think you can play the upfront role. I don't want him to play the number 10. Mm-hmm. Someone else is better at that than him. So you want to put him out wide. Part of me wants Giggs to say to him, look, mate, you are our best player, but I need you to put a shift in mm-hmm. for me. I need you to graft for me. And I'm not saying he didn't try mm-hmm. against Hungary, but there were moments in the game where he was like fake getting back, where he was trying to kind of press the man, but was just kind of jogging rather than sprinting. And I thought... And, I'm, and again, I know I'm going to get a grief for this, so I, you know, please at me all you want. I thought he was up there as one of our worst players mm-hmm. on Tuesday. And if it were me, and I said it to you at the time, I'd have brought him off. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'd have brought, I, I would agree with you, I'd have brought him off. He offered us, second half especially after his miss, his head had just gone and he offered us, he was mm. neither use nor ornament. He was an ornament, actually. He still <laughs> looks lovely. But um, he didn't offer us anything. And I think if we get to November, and he, we're still in the same position, he's still at Real, and he's not on the bench, or he's in their reserves or whatever. For me, for the first time in however long, we've got so many other options mm-hmm. around. For me, I don't think he, he, he does start, and he certainly shouldn't and if Giggs is going to come in and say I want players who are playing I'm going to pick players who are playing he's contradicting himself Tuesday and if he keeps picking Gareth Bale as hard as a decision to make he's got to do it and I tell you what I think he would get a modicum of respect from the squad which he probably might be losing a little bit now if he said do you know what Ash like he has done with Ash and Gunter I'm sorry I love you guys but it's not you know it's not happening right Mm -hmm. now if he did the same to Gareth Bale I think everyone in that squad would think to themselves, "No one's, no one's place is safe here," um, and it changes, it changes the dynamic. I think. No, I think the di- the changing of the dynamic is important because, at the minute, it feels like we've you know the phrase "too many cooks." Yeah. It feels like the chef isn't doing what he should be doing and too many of the sous chefs there's too many sous chefs in this environment I, I do know what you mean um, so I, I think I would almost welcome what you're saying not because of what it says about Gareth but because of what it would say about Ryan yeah 
and s- and show that he's got a balls exactly. yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, let's move this on because I've just looked and we've been talking for fifty-five minutes and we've still got so much to talk about. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry, everyone. You listen to this of your own free will. Um, the goal. I had a second big tantrum on this. There were more than two. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. I think I only punched the sofa once. Um, I actually think James Lawrence does quite well to hold up yep. Sazalai. I don't know and, if that's And how not you say give away a, p- a penalty. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's actually a bit lucky. In the, uh, uh, just as he goes to swing his leg at it, he has got both arms around him. So I'm not sure how, what the referee would have done if it allowed to play to kind of continue. But I agree. I think he does a good enough job to hold him up. Where the bloody hell are Ashley Williams and Ben Davis? Yep. And I, I'm not, Chris Gunter wasn't even in shot. <laughs> and it's not Chris Gunter's fault because the ball's come through the middle. Yeah. But it has taken such a long time for the ball to kind of loop to the two of them. They've wrestled for a bit. They've had a bit of a cuddle. <laughs> He's then swung his leg and tried to have a shot. In all of that time, I watched it today, everyone is just kind of watching. And Ash only starts to move when the ball is kind of a bit under control and he's t- started to turn. Okay. Then he's like, he, he's out of the box. If you watch it, he's out of the penalty box. It's only then where he's like, oh, God, <laughs> and actually tries to react. At which point, to be fair, Ben Davis has come across and he has read the danger. But again, why has he gone to the ball there? Yeah. You Stay can with see the man. He's not going to yeah. score from there. If, if he gives a pen, he gives a pen. That's not your fault. And it shouldn't be a case of whose fault it is. But, you know, someone else is dealing with that. If he's just about to get a foot on the ball and swing and have a, have a go and he's got a clean strike, sure. But he just, mm-hmm. he just he just kind of runs there. And if you look at it, he does. And I, I'm trying to do this again. No one else can see. <laughs> he does one like a little, tries to do like a little flick with his foot. You really are trying the little I, flick I as well, aren't you? Flick, <laughs> Should we do this on a YouTube channel? Can you imagine? No, this would be no. absolute chaos. <laughs> yes, we tried to do a little flick the whole time. Again, I was screaming at you, and I don't know what I thought you were going to do about it. I was just like, look at him, pick him up. He's right there. Pick him up, pick him up, pick him up, pick him up. And he runs straight past him, goes to yeah. the ball, and all of a sudden, he's on the floor. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and the man on the edge of the box kind of lashes at home. Ash only gets there, sorry, as he's shooting. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to blame Ash, because if I'm blaming anyone, I'm blaming Ben Davis if I'm pointing fingers. Um, but if two of them are dealing with a first threat, or at least in a position to deal with it, all of a sudden, a one-on-two becomes a three-on-two. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, if they score, you know, whatever, but it becomes a much more manageable situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just thought, I remember, like, we watched it and we kind of talked about it straight after it happened. And I was just like, who is marking this guy? Whether it's someone in midfield, even. Mm-hmm. Then number 10, I, like, I, I just I just don't know what he was doing. Was it number 10? I don't think it was a number 10. Anyway, Pat Kai, sorry, 16. Um, whoever is on him needs to stick with their to man. To stay with him, yeah. And Ash is in no man's land. Oh, it was just... It was a mess, and it's really poor. And like again, I said the same to you after the header, and as I said after this, that's Sunday league. Mm-hmm. And if I'm playing a midfield, someone's shouting at me, "Why haven't you picked up the man who's run from midfield?" And my argument would be, "Why haven't one of my centre halves come out and d- deal with it?" Because neither of those two things happen. Mm-hmm. And again, to give Ben Davis a bit of a, a break, he's come out, come in to deal with it. All right, he's made the wrong decision when he's got there, but I still, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I was so angry. 
I've not seen us defend that badly and that mob-handedly for a long, long time. Yeah, I'm I mean, talking I, four years. Yeah, I mean, I think that's five years. Goes goes back to the six years. <laughs> okay. Actually, now I'm going back in my head. Sorry. Goes back to that wider discussion of what's the plan, and clearly, defending in that haphazard, ad hoc. Are we man marking? Are we zone? What are we doing? Yeah. Just even it feels like even those decisions aren't in place. I I, I agree, and I think. A, a good example, and I'm not trying to chew out Ash, and I'll say some positive things after. Mm-hmm. But soon after they score, it should be two nil. The ball comes in from a uh, cross from the left hand side. Wayne Hennessy, who I thought was poor all night, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. He kind of changed his mind every time he came for a cross. He goes to come, and again, I'm doing the moves. <laughs> he stops. And all of a sudden, it's just like the big lad, Salazai, Salazai is free. It's just like, oh, God, he's going to get there. And again, I watched it back again. When the ball comes across, you can see Ash. You can almost see it, his eyes. is like, oh, no. Because he knows he's, he's, run, he's run that bit forward. He's away from the man. He's given, he's given the, the big lad like four, two, mm-hmm. two, three, four yards of space. And you can see it in his face. He's like, oh, I know. And Wayne's come out and stopped. And it's like, oh, my God, can someone just do something? Big lads missed it by an inch. It's skimmed past the yeah. back post. We got away with one. But like you say, it just hammers that point home. Did we practice? We, I told you that they're good at set pieces. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm, we're just two clowns sat in a pub. <laughs> um, if we figured that out, we'd be hammering people on the training ground. But that is where I think the problem lies. If you're changing your whole back four pretty much... I don't care about your two weeks in Portugal when they probably played more golf than football. Um, sorry, that's harsh. That probably didn't happen. But you can't drill two different back fours to deal with two different threats in, in, in such a sport, short space no. of time. And if, the fact that he obviously knew he was going to change his back four to, to kind of deal with their aerial threat from set pieces has obviously fantastically backfired. I'm ranting now, but I... Um, I know that. I've played the lowest level of football you can play. <laughs> so why why are we doing this? We're now into the wider issue, so I'm yeah. going to throw my piece of paper to one side, relatively okay. speaking. Well, there you have it. That is our thoughts on the Croatia and Hungary games. The second part of this podcast, where we go into the other issues and we talk about the Wales women's game, will be released over the weekend. So keep an eye out for that, and thanks for listening.